on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If there's one thing that, that I could say to focus on would be build your culture. Build your culture of taking care of people around you and being more selfless than selfish. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. Gathering the Kings Nation, this is Chaz Wolf. I'm back with you this week. And my guest, Zach Neville, I'm telling you guys, um, I just meet great guest after great guest after great guest. But this one specifically is a family guy. He's about his marriage. He's about his kids. He's about his team members. And a lot of these guys have been, but I'm telling you what, there's something special about Zach. He's got a heart for people. Um, He's got a heart for his clients. The quality work that they're putting out in his construction company is literally second to none. I just have so enjoyed the time that I just had with him. And um, I can't wait to share it with you right now. Grab that pen and paper. It's coming down. All right, everybody. Chaz Wolf, I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. We've got Zach Novell on the stage today. Welcome, dude. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, man, dude. I was just so appreciating um, our time that we were just spending together. I'm like, dude, we got to hit the record button. We're, <laughs> we're getting into the good stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Zach, what kind of business do you have, man? Tell the audience. So I have a uh, construction company. We do building and remodeling, interior and exterior, foundation to roof, inside and out, whole nine yards. And you're in, you're in, uh, in the Northeast. And I know that you're specializing in craftsmanship. That's the word that you used. Um, and so I'm going to, I want to get into that a little bit, you know, because I'm curious to hear your stage, but give us a description on what that means to you. Like at this level, cause you do everything. What is maybe the higher end or craftsmanship really look like inside of this GC business? So, uh, the contracting industry is wild. It's all, all types in here, you know, and I kind of, uh, compare it to the wild West in, in some ways because you hire a contractor and you might get a, uh, a quality job, but a terrible experience, or you might get someone that runs for, with your money, or you sure. might get someone that uh, does a crappy job and still wants to get paid, whatever, you know? So what we do uh, when I started was uh, seven years ago in 2015. And I was just starting uh, to create opportunity for myself. I was working for other people I had spent uh, six years in the military and had learned a bunch of leadership stuff and was also going to school full-time and testing to be a, a cop or a firefighter and okay. was just looking to kind of make a way for myself and yeah. started this business, maybe not with the intention of growing it at the time, but just really to create a place for myself to be able to grow. And over time, I quickly found that without hiring employees, without uh, having a team in place, that I would be working myself to the bone for uh, forever. And yeah, started learning more about the business side of business and about <laughs> scaling and about sure. all those things. You know, you kind of are thrown into selling and marketing and that, that sort of thing, but you got to oh, yeah. own all those skills, right? 
Right. So uh, craftsmanship, um, what makes us stand out is that we deliver an excellent experience to our clients. So from when they first call to when we send them an estimate to when we go out and complete the job, they are well taken care of. And that's something that is left behind a lot of times with contractors. You know, they, they're focused on doing a quality job for the client, but not so much about giving them the, the extras, like as simple as calling them back when, they, when somebody calls or right. leaving their house cleaner than you found it or yep. doing what you say you're going to do. You know, all these things are very simple in terms of giving a good service and good experience, but in the contractor space, sometimes simple is not so simple. So it's been a way where we've been able to make a niche for ourselves. I love how you've broken that down and we're going to dive into this a little bit more here in the show. But in essence, it's not the service or the actual work. That's a part of it. It's not, sure. it's not that. It's just that the entire experience is what you consider craftsmanship, which I just absolutely agree with and love. And I think that if more people understood that, then they would have a better perspective on what it looks like to build a business. And so I want to get into that at this level. Before we do that, though, at this level, you're obviously very successful. Um, you, you've, you've developed a certain team and, and revenue in your business to where you know most people, the stats say 91% of entrepreneurs look at you as the 9% who's made it to the seven-figure plus mark, right? Wow, you've made it to the promised land. But <laughs> <laughs> I know that chuckle. We'll get into that. Don't worry. Um, but my question is this. Why do you keep pushing, man? Why, at this level, you've done it. Why do you keep pushing? Well, there's levels to everything, right? And it's just another level. And um, you can, of course, you can, uh, you can create a team that does a lot of things for you and allows you to step away from the business. But if you don't grow and nurture that team, your uh, reputation starts to crumble. Your, everything starts to erode. And yeah. it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to pour into the people that you have working for you on your team to be able to try to cultivate the same level of care and commitment that you would as an owner. Totally. Um, all of that is kind of to the side. I mean, why do I still do it? Because uh, I want to build an empire, man. I want to, uh, I want to hit a hundred million and yeah. hitting a hundred million is, is a long way off from where we are last year. We did over two, but um, it's, it's within reach. It's America. You know, you want yeah. to build the American dream. I love it, man. I love it. Okay. So more is what I heard you say there. That's how you're designed. You're always going to push for the next level, no matter what the next level is. We got to just, we got to go. Um, and so I just so resonate with that. And, and even the word empire, like, you know, obviously gathering the Kings, we call it a kingdom. Like you, you can't not like, that's what, it, this is what a King does. This is what we're designed right. to do. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we rule and, and we expand. That is what a kingdom does. So I just so appreciate that perspective. Okay. So take me back 2015. You said you started and, and it was a lot of, out of just creating opportunities for yourselves. You said there wasn't like this master plan that you had. You were just kind of going from one thing to the next and seeing what was out there. And so in the process of entrepreneurship, why did you consider that? Because that's very different than military or public servant as like a firefighter or a police officer. Like, how did you land here? So throughout uh, later high school years and, and into early twenties, I always worked at low paying jobs and I was into cars back then. I was into hobbies and partying and 
all spending the money where you shouldn't have been. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tons of money that should have I been. I think invested. we all can relate to that. <laughs> and, uh, I was actually, I, I was working construction while I was in the military. I was in the national guard and, yep. um, got deployed to Afghanistan for a year. And when you're deployed, you have everything uh, paid for basically. And uh, you're still being paid. It's not a lot, but uh, I put all that money away. And when I came home was 2013, I uh, used it to buy a multifamily house. And I was looking for ways to make my money work for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I didn't really have a, I just had an inkling. I didn't really have a good background in that, you know, came from a very um, modest family, you know, one of six kids, parents didn't make much electricity always stayed on, but there wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of excess, if you know what I mean, ever. And um, wanted to change that. And I was trying to test for police departments and fire departments and these kind of things. And none of the doors opened, but I was really good at carpentry and I wanted to make an, like a new opportunity for myself there and some do something that where I was able to make the same kind of money that my friends who were getting these state jobs were making. And I also didn't really want to, I didn't really like the whole government um, oversight and you're, you're like a pawn in these jobs. So I was going to school full-time at night at the same time I was taking entrepreneurship and finance classes and stuff. Okay. And started subcontracting for a friend of mine and there wasn't a lot of work. So I started telling everyone I did carpentry to keep my job with my friend. And he, he got these jobs that I got a few jobs that uh, were pretty decent size, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of work. And um, after we finished the, the, this large addition we were working on, I had lined up work for myself and I was like, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to see what I can do. Yeah. And did that. Uh, That was 2015, like I said, and the rest is history. You know, the, you go through many, many, many problems and you find solutions for those problems as you go. And I remember one time in 2018, I had a team of three guys at the time. And I remember thinking to myself on the weekend, one weekend, uh, there's got to be an easier way to do this. How, <laughs> why am I struggling so hard? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where I started doing a lot of, um, personal growth and development, listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books, uh, watching a lot of YouTube videos about team building, about business building, about marketing, sales. Uh, there's not a lot of books about operations and in, in construction, you know? Right. Everyone loves to talk about the marketing and the sales because it's easy to scale. It's easy to get leads. It's hard to make sure that you produce those leads and do the right. same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And then, uh, it's also not very sexy, you know, like there's no money associated to that. Like that's just mundane, you know, repeatable SOPs, you know? So that's, so that's, that's true. That, that is what people think is that blue collar is not very sexy. It's not very desirable to get into this, uh, this industry. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own company because, I wanted to make a place where it was fun to do to work and fun to do the thing that we all love doing, which is building stuff and yeah. being good at it. Totally. But you also a place where you can make good money doing that. So that's yeah. a lot of where my company is structured around is giving back. And I say I want to build an empire. Of course, I want to build an empire. But 
I want to build an empire where I'm bringing my team up with me. You know what I mean? Where I'm bringing my people up. I have a family, a core group of people that are in this business that are, they bleed for it, you know? And you want to be able to give back to those people and coach them and build them up personally and professionally as well as you do yourself. I love that, man. I I think that comes from a, from a core belief of, of wanting to disciple or wanting to just shepherd others, help others. And you can, you can totally tell that about you. So I think that, you know, your time in the military, first off, thank you for your time in the military, then your, and your, um, your deployment. Thank you for that. But even just your like natural pull towards leadership and wanting to pour into others, like that's obviously come through in how you're running your business. And so I think that those things are important because at the six figure stage, right? Like that's who's listening right now. They haven't gotten to the point where they have enough resources to just go hire whoever they want at whatever rate they can. And so some of those leadership pieces that maybe you learned in the military or maybe you've watched on a YouTube video, what are some of those things like that just off the top of your head as you were building that allowed you to think like this, that, that you wanted to give back, that you wanted to bring people with you, that like, why, why were you thinking like that as opposed to like, I just got to get mine? It's pretty lonely having yours and not having any friends. That's right. Um, I think it was really because I remember very vividly uh, working very hard in construction and making next to nothing and hating that, you know, like that. Why am I doing this? I need to go do something else. Like this is not worth it to to do this to to what make 15 bucks an hour. I think I was getting paid 13 bucks an hour back in 2010. And, um, I should tell you our, our mission statement, you know, our mission statement for our company, not every company has one, you know, especially when you're first starting out, I didn't know all, I had the the pieces of what I wanted to do somewhat up here, but not a solid plan. And even if you make a plan back then, it's going to change, you know, like as your years go by, things change, you learn more stuff, you, you go different directions. Yeah. Um, our mission statement is to change the contracting industry for the better and to positively impact the lives of everyone we come in contact with. So how can I make that mission statement a thing if I don't actively live that out for my people? Yeah. And plus, an- another part of it is, is that what I've learned over building a team and cultivating people and discipling people is that everyone loves to use the phrase, you know, uh, keep your business and personal life separate. You know, sure. leave their yeah. personal life at home. You're at work now. Well, guess what? Does that really work? If, if your no. wife's pissed at you when you walk out the door in the morning, are you going to just forget that when you go to work? No. Nope. <laughs> so that's part of our, our culture and our core as well is building people up personally and professionally. Because the better that I can make, one, whether someone stays with me or not, if I can make a positive impact on their life, that is something that makes me happy. Um, yeah. But two... The better that I can build up the people that are around me, the better that I can help them uh, be a therapist to them, coach them, talk to them about different aspects of their life, the better they're going to be and the more focused that they're going to be when they're at work and the more that they're going to help the overall business, which in turn allows us to help them and the cycle continues. Cycle continues. Yeah. It's so unique to hear you say this because not every entrepreneur thinks like this and even, even good entrepreneurs who think, I got to have a good culture. I want to take good care of my people. But to specifically try to build someone up personally because of that's just the right thing to do because it's part of your mission statement. It's the same thing why you do the experience piece for your customer. It's not just good craftsmanship of the product, but it's the, the whole experience of the process with your company from 
you know, beginning to end. And I think that being true to who you are, that's extended over into your family, which makes perfect sense. That's logical. Like if that's who you are, if that's your mission statement of your company, that would, that would extend over to your, your family, your work family. But not a lot of people, like you said, they keep it separate. And so I've had that same thought many times. Um, and I don't share a whole bunch usually on these shows, but I've had several employees along the way who, for all intents and purposes, outgrew the opportunities that I had available. And so I think what most entrepreneurs do is they try to hold people down, right? Well, I want like they're talented. I want them in this position. And so they they either manipulate the situation or whatever the case may be. But I've just always held everything with an open hand because like you said, while they're with me, it's my absolute duty and responsibility to be like, I'm going to pour into you. I'm going to make you the best possible. So that way, when you're with me, my customers and our company gets the best of you and you get the best of us. But then that way, when the next opportunity comes, even if it's not with me, you're ready. And I've been a part of your overall big journey because how audacious is it of me to think you're going to work for me for 50 years? Right. That doesn't happen anymore. As much as you'd want them to. <laughs> as much as I, I wouldn't want them to shoo out the door, I'm not going to ask them to leave. But yeah. but if they came to me and said, hey, which this happened many times with the year, hey, Chaz, I have this opportunity to go do X, right? And if it's, if it's just the opportunity is different, the finances are different. The it's a fit into what they do better. Like it fits their profile better, whatever the scenario is. And I go, you know what? That's exciting. And they're like, you're not mad. Like, <laughs> of course not. Well, first off, they wouldn't ask that typically just because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about this anyway. I'm like, Hey, come on. Like, how do we get you to the next level? Whether the next level is with me or with somebody else, you know? So I just so appreciate that about what you're doing in your business. Tell me about you. Like, okay. I've kind of correlated this into some good decisions. I like to talk good and bad decisions on the show and kind of everything you've said so far is a lot of your good decisions have been in taking good care of people, both your clients and your team. Can you give me one specific example of how you've done this in the practical so that the listener can take a quick note here and see like, how do you actually implement this taking care of people thing that you've done? I can give you a couple of examples. I don't know how quick they're going to be. <laughs> That's um, okay. Well, give us, give us a good one. <laughs> one thing we like to do for clients is we like to be as clear and uh, detailed as we can about the scope of work that, that we're doing. Clients inevitably will ask for additional work to be done. And we kind of draw a line if, if it's too big, but smaller sure. stuff, um, we will just take care of for them. So if it's something small, we'll just toss it in on our day to day throughout the job. But a big part of taking care of clients uh, in our industry is just doing a good job you know, giving that excellent experience and giving them something that say they want uh, their their bathroom renovated, renovating that bathroom at the quickest possible time with the same level of quality with yeah. a couple excellent individuals in your house is a great service for them, you know? So it's taking care of that person. People will ask us for for help on smaller things, even if even after we've left or whatever, and just going and taking care of taking care of it for them. The larger one is the guys on the team, you know, in terms of, of building them up and caring for them. I've wanted to figure out ways to be able to financially incentivize them as much as possible. So giving back out of profit that the company makes, you know, paying high wages comparatively across the board, being super flexible when they want to take a day off, uh, not working weekends. We work Monday through Friday. So 
Right. Huge priority on family, you know. Um, my wife actually started that back when I first started. We had just uh, given birth to my oldest, and uh, she had just given birth to my oldest. And um, she's like, "You can't work weekends anymore. No more Saturdays. Like, I need you home right. with the kids. So you can Thank work Monday goodness. through Friday." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a great decision on her part, and uh, uh, helped shape the company to to what, yeah. the way that we do things now. Because um, otherwise you'd still be working Saturdays, maybe Sundays. Because that's what we do. We just we just go and we go and we go grind. and we go and we go. <laughs> right. In terms of taking care of the guys, I mean, every situation is different, and every person is going to be different. So yeah. some you have to take care of more than others. But if you show me a good character, and you show me that you're you want to grow, you want to better yourself, you want to make something something of yourself when you come on board with us. I'm going to turn around and do everything I can to make your life better. Even to the point of, of giving you money to buy a truck when you crash your car or right. uh, giving loans that may or may not just be for free or yeah. things like that, you know, Help, yeah. helping them out. Yeah. Doing the right thing. And I like, I said, thank you for, for the several examples there. I think that a lot of those make sense for the character that you described and then out of that comes the the overflow, right? Of who that you say that you are, your mission statement, and then then the action then is just a, a mirror or a, a representation of who that you say that you are. So I think that that even in itself is a core thing. Like what you're saying when you're saying I'm taking care of people, what I heard was do a good job. Like actually do what you said that you were going to do for your for your guys and for your clients. What I heard you say is like be honorable. Like pay attention to what they have going on in their life. If it's a client and there's just a small thing, like just do the right thing, take care of it, right? If it's a guy and they and he needs to take a, a day off or if it's the weekend because he just had a baby or something's happening with his family, like there's there's just a, a human element of taking care of people. That doesn't mean that you bend over backwards and you become a, a, a footstool, right? Like where people just walk all over you. And there's a balance there. Uh, the smirk I'm getting here is, is that you've probably had that, you know? That's something I was going to follow up with is... Um it's definitely part of my core belief to, to take care of everyone that comes into our team and, and build them up personally and professionally and all that. It's hard to do that if they're not, if they don't have that character or if they don't have that willingness to give back or to give yeah. that give and take, you know, some people come in and it's maybe take, not take, apparent take. at first, but they're, they're taking exactly. Yeah. They're, they're taking whatever they can get. And, um, I just had a guy leave who was a, a lead painter for us. And um, I wouldn't say it was the smoothest transition out that, uh, that we've ever had, but I know that he learned a lot while he was here. I know that we did what we could to better his life, but you're not always going to have that uh, smooth, let me get you to the next level type mentality as much as you would want to, you know, it's oh. going to be situated, at least in my experience, it's going to be situational because some of the guys on my team that I have built relationships with and have put poured their blood out and sweat for this company and stuff. Yeah. Of course, if they have a better opportunity and they want to move on somewhere else, I'm going to do everything I can to help them out. But it just depends like where the relationship is when, when yeah. they make that jump, you know? Yeah. Totally. No, I understand. hundred uh, percent. Okay. So let's flip the coin and go to the, like a bad decision. So along the journey here, especially on the journey to seven figures, what was a, just a mistake that you made that you just would caution everybody from, from falling into? I actually have, have something uh, that I wanted to bring up there, but I have another thing too. And that, and it ties into 
what you were saying about uh, people who are in the six figure mark, not being able to hire. Right. One of the things, if I had done it sooner, that would have put me to a much better place is taking that jump and hiring somebody good immediately. Yeah. I remember in 2017, 2016, 2017, we were at like 300K a year, 330K a year, something like that. And uh, I was looking at hiring and hiring a guy who was skilled, who could do what I needed him to do was going to cost like 50 to 70K a year. I didn't even make 50 to 70K a year. You know what I mean? So I was like (laughs) very scared. Yes. When I hired that guy, it freed my time up so much to be able to build a business that it propelled us to where we are now. And if I had done that on day one, if I could have even found someone who would have trusted to come on with this brand new company, you know what I mean? But right. if right. I had been thinking that way on day one, we would have grown way faster. That being said, uh, bad decisions. Um, <laughs> it For me, I was trying to think about this earlier since you sent me the list of uh, the list of questions here. But for me, some of the bad decisions that that come to mind all kind of come from points where I was feeling cocky and I was feeling Ooh. like, okay, I could like, I'm I'm doing all right, like I got this. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, one <laughs> Read, of them, reading your own press clippings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you really. I mean, you heard a little bit about my personality, you know, like cockiness and being having a big ego is not something that I want for myself or for anyone else on my team because um, I believe that we all have something to learn from everyone and we can learn from our mistakes or we can learn from other people talking about their mistakes, you know? So true. Um, one time I, uh, we, were, we were really, really busy as a company and it was all hands on deck in the middle of summer. Um, everyone on the team's working in the field, trying to complete projects. And somebody sends me a check for 10 grand out of the blue. Like somebody that I had talked to back way back when about a bathroom remodel, I get this, get this check in the mail and I'm like, what is this for? And they had signed the contract and sent 10 grand, even though I didn't have a payment structure, anything, any kind of deposit, whatever. And I was like, wow, like that sounds great. I'm like, I can do this job. I can do it by myself. I'll pull a guy when I, whenever I need help, you know? Mm -hmm. So I go to try to do this job when we're in the middle of five other ones and it's too much going on. Terrible experience for the client. I'm always in and out. I'm getting pulled left and right. Not able to actually like focus on giving them a skilled quality tradesman for their bathroom, you know? Yeah. End up having disputes and the whole nine yards and end up, losing 5k on the job overall because they're like this work quality is not good the experience wasn't good x y and z but it comes down to me being cocky and thinking that i could do another huge thing on top of all the things that i was already doing yeah and just taking the money another instance was actually last year uh we had a massive roof project come in and i took it and estimated it and didn't fully measure the roof. I looked at it and I was like, I've done plenty of these before. Uh-huh. Get into the project. And it is literally double the size of roof that I had quoted for. Yeah. Already had a signed contract, ended up paying money out of the company to finish this guy's roof for him. Yeah. But 
it's uh, like I said, it comes down to being to getting cocky and feeling comfortable. At least that's where I yeah. what I've gathered on it. Like after processing it a, little, it a little bit, and it sounds like that place for you being cocky or comfortable led to not being thorough or or taking on too much without even knowing it, which happens to all entrepreneurs. Like we've got plates spinning, even if we only have the one business. Right. Um, let alone if you're a serial entrepreneur. And a PS, if you're listening right now and you're not at seven figures and you have multiple businesses, stop. <laughs> stop. Focus on one. Focus on one until it gets to seven <laughs> figures, and then, then, then go be a TikTok star and 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 have multiple businesses. But the reality of it is, is that ego. There's no place now. That doesn't mean that you can't be confident. That doesn't mean that you can't be confident when you, you walk in. Be. You have to be right. Like you got to be confident into what you're doing how you operate uh, with the experience with your clients, how you operate with your guys or, or your team. You have to have a level of confidence. And, uh, and I would even say cockiness to a degree, but like the ego piece that you're talking about, when, when you feel like that you've arrived or that you're starting to slow down because hey, I got this. Yeah. Man, it's ter- recipe like, for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. That's why I love, you know, honestly, that's why I think I'm addicted to not just like the grind. Like I'm not like the, there's a grind culture, right? And then there's the like, hey, we take weekends and we be with the family. Like, thank goodness for my wife too, because I would just grind. But I think a part of that comes from the understanding of what it actually takes, right? Like if we're going to go to whatever the target is, it's just going to take so much more than what we realize. And so I'm just not afraid of that. So I'm going to press into it, but you know, then we get stuck in, in the grind. And so a lot of that has to do with understanding that it's going to take more than what we realize and not to have an ego, but, but to build up those that are around us so that it doesn't turn into just this grind yourself into the, you know, to the dirt and your family loses you type of a thing. Yeah. It's, it's a really tough balancing act. You know, you see opportunity and you want to capitalize on it, but sometimes it blinds you to the fact that, hey, maybe I should take a step back and and slow the roll a little bit, make sure things are more smooth and or just let it happen naturally. You know, like let just just leave the growth alone for a little while. Let's get these systems running. Let's get this thing in place and then go for more or because if you don't, I mean, honestly, it's um the world has a way of uh, forcing you to reset when you, <laughs> when you try too much too quick, you know? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, and of course, guys like you and I, we want it fast. We want it all right now, um, all the way to the top. But I think over time, especially what you're saying is that you realize that there's a process to that. And, and when, you, when you go through the process in the right fashion or the right cadence, then you build something that's sustainable and not gone with the first little oops or the first yeah. bad decision. Because they're going to come. They're going to come. <laughs> The bad people, the bad decision, the bad client, the whatever. You, we can go down the list of, of uh, bad things in business. But let's switch over here to the speed round. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious of some of your answers here. My first question is always the same. And, and it, it draws out a lot of interesting answers. And so I'm, I'm super curious. If you could only pick one metric, Zach, in your business to track forever and ever, what would it be? It would have to be the impact that I make in people's lives. Because that's so tied to my characteristics and and my philosophy on this whole thing. People think construction is a, is a business with hammers and nails and wood, but it's really a people business. It's a people business from the people that you have working for you to the people that you work for, like anything yeah. else, you know? Yeah. And um, 
really the impact that I can make on other people's lives and what difference am I making? Because I want to change the world, man. I want to make the world a better place, leave it better than I found it. And uh, this just happens to be my niche, but yeah. How am I changing individuals' lives to make them have a greater impact down the line from meeting me? Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people listening today who share that, you know, so how, how do you go from now, now knowing now verbally saying that, that that's the most important metric, how are you going to track that? And, and really what I'm looking for is, you know, for the, the key for the audience, like how should they track that? Because you're right. It's, it's very abstract. I don't know that it's something that you, you can track fully, you know? Um, but what comes to mind is the, only way that you could know somehow if you made a difference in someone's life is by keeping up the relationship with them, right? Like yeah. you got to stay in touch. You got to see how they're doing. I know, for instance, one guy that I, I had work for me and he was just a laborer. We tried to teach him, didn't really work out. Um, he had not really nothing when he came to work for us and left us. And now he has his car. He's got a good job. He's got a bike. Like he's doing things that he wanted to do for his life that he wasn't able to before he came here. Yeah. You gave him some structure. Yeah. I think that you're right. It's the relationship piece. And so when you break that down into a business, it's, you know, if clients are referring you, right. If they're leaving you obviously good reviews for sure, coming back and doing second projects, if team members work for you for, you know, any given link, like a long period of time, if your current team members are referring other people to come work for you, that's a big one, right? I mean, not only do I love it here, but I think you'll love it here. That's a well, big that comes too, into so. culture too, right? I know we're getting yeah. off topic here, but culture yeah. is huge in any business. If there's one thing that, that I could say to focus on would be build your culture, build your culture of taking care of people around you and being more selfless than selfish. Yeah. I think if you're looking to always take, like you said earlier, as opposed to give, then people recognize that pretty quickly. If you're if you're a giver, then I think also people recognize that um, pretty quickly, quickly as well. Zach, what would a book be that you'd recommend? Um, you've said you've read a lot. You've done a lot of personal development. What would you recommend for a six figure owner to read? Just one book. Just one. Give us give us the best. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willink. Yeah, I wondered if uh, with your military experience, if you were a fan of his great book, give us your one nugget from like, what did you get from that? Especially since you already had kind of military experience, like that ownership experience. What would you get from that? In some way, shape or form as the boss, everything comes back to you. So did you, your guys, have, one of your guys has a problem. Did you train that guy enough? Did you give him enough counseling? Did you... Uh, work with him through the project or through the situation to try to have the best results. If not, then still comes back to you. That problem's yours, man. Yeah. Another thing is, is decentralized command. Like you need to have empower your people to really make decisions by themselves without having to come back to a centralized command, because if not, how are you going to ever scale? Yeah, you can't, you can't, you just can't. Um, you've got to designate and, and then we've done this with several clients, but, uh, one of the easiest ways is just to literally write down what it is that you do and just going, okay, I'm going to sign this to this person and assign this to this person. And, Delegation. and some of it works out. Some of it, some of you gotta, you gotta reel it back. You gotta give it to somebody different. Maybe it's the wrong person. Maybe they're in the wrong seat on the bus, whatever it is, but you can't start if you hold it right. You For can't sure. start giving it away. Um, okay. Next question is, do you intentionally mastermind or network with other entrepreneurs and why? 
I do. I follow the entrepreneur space like a lot, uh, business yeah. space and all that. Um, yeah. Grant Cardone, Pace Moresby, uh, Albert Preciado, sure. uh, all those guys, you know. But I don't go to all their shows and events and all that stuff, but I do read a lot. I read a lot as much as I can. Um, and when it's not actual paper uh, in hand, I listen to a lot of audio. So that's typically how I read is audible. Um, listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, always researching new things. If I have a, have an idea, you know, you want to very, very analytical person. So you want to know all the info before you make a decision. Totally. But, um, also local entrepreneurs for sure. Like there's, as I'm sure, you know, you may know lots of, lots of people that are in the business space or entrepreneurs. Maybe they're not all worth your time. So I look for guys that have similar propensity for growing a business as I do. There's a few around my area, you know, we connect and share stories and stuff and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's cool, man. Knowledge is power. Um, and I think that obviously that's the beginning of it. Like what you're saying is that you have to have it, but, and then, and then you act on it, whatever that is and your side, your business. And I think that you gave plenty of examples there. I, I relate to many of those, um, especially early on six figures. I know that it's difficult and sometimes scary to invest, but even just committing to reading a book or listening to a book on the way to work or at the gym or whatever. I mean, I can think about myself even just years and years ago, Audible was huge for me back then. I mean, it still is, but that was like the beginning piece for me. And it's like, okay, I'm going to read a book a month or listen. And then it was, then I'm going to do it a, a week, you know? And if you're focused, if you're just committed to just gaining, gaining, gaining. Now at, at some point you have to shift and go, okay, now I'm going to take this information. I got to hone in a little bit. I need less, less general, more specific, but I think just the commitment piece of what you're saying is just like, just get in the, in the community, whether you're following somebody, you're going to an event, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, you just got to get in the groove of, of getting information. Um, otherwise you're just going to always do the same thing over and over. Exactly. Okay. And so last question, you ready? Sure. We talked about this off air a little bit. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how, how far this goes for you, but the question is if you lost it all, right? Like if the business just was gone, what would you do? What would be your response to that? It's a tough one. It's tough because when you know how to do a thing, it's easy to just jump back in and try to do it again. And I know that I could, if I wanted, if I lost it all and wanted to start a new construction company, I could, I've learned a lot, but trades and construction is a very hard industry. So I don't know if I would go so much the construction route as a as do something more with, with real estate uh, in terms of yeah. investing and, and that sort sure. of thing. I already, I do that on the side already, but haven't really had the bandwidth to, to pour into it, you know? Yeah. But if I lost it all too, I I'd definitely take some time to, to process. It'd, it'd be something that ha- I'd have to think about for a while. Exactly. I love what you said in there is, you know, you could do it again, um, but it would be a choice, right? Like whether you chose to do trades or not or real estate or something completely different, maybe you wanted to, you know, do something in another country. I don't know, like something off the, thing, the wall, become a, a soda model. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with uh, the thing with business is if you own your own business and you're successful with it, you're forced to get good at so many things. So you're forced to get good at marketing. You're forced to get good at sales. You're forced to get good at the thing that you sell. Yeah. You're forced to get good at team building. So it, op- it really opens up a whole v- wide variety of, of options that, you never may have considered before. And that's yeah. why I say, I don't know that I'd 
jump right back into construction as much as I, it's always going to be a part of my life, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. building cause it's, it's fun, but, and I enjoy it to some extent, but when you're trying to scale a business in it, it's, uh, there's a lot of things and a lot of variables. So it makes, yep. it would be a tough choice. I understand. Well, we, we appreciate your authentic answers and just the ability to hear your story. And if someone resonated with you today, they want to get to know you or reach out to you. Maybe they want to come work for you because they love your culture or something like that. <laughs> How would they find you? How do they connect with you? Sorry. So we do um, everything online in terms of marketing. Uh, your, all your typical social medias. Our website is uh, znconstructionct.com. We're based in Connecticut, but Facebook, Zach Neville, uh, Instagram, Zach Neville, or ZN Construction, any any of the above. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we so appreciate you coming um, today onto the show and just, you talked a lot about giving. You talked a lot about uh, serving and and um, even discipleship. And that's exactly what today was, man. So I just so appreciate that. And I think that the listener today um, got a bunch. And so thank you for going through the things you've gone through, good and bad. And uh, obviously we wish you nothing but success in all that you have going on. And of course, those, uh, those side gigs, those side uh, real estate deals that maybe uh, will become a bigger business for you. We'll see. You never know. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Chess. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.